Amen. Thank you, Tony. Let's take our Bibles, please. Turn to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. And I hope there's some listening tonight. We're glad, again, that you've joined us. And we only have 10 here at the church, exactly 10 tonight. And we're right at our limit. And uh, we're glad for the 10 that are here, though. Gives me somebody to preach to. When our group was up here singing, there was only two, three, I guess, to sing to in the auditorium. And some of them were raising their hands and enjoying the time of worship. So, Thank you for being here. It's better than singing to an empty room for sure. Mark chapter 5, if you have your Bibles, let me also give you a couple more prayer requests. One, continue to pray for Neil and Hilda, expecting a child in July, and then we're glad to announce that Cody and Amy are also expecting a child in July. And so be in prayer for them. And uh, we just found out yesterday, they made it public yesterday. And so uh, if you have Facebook, you already know all about all that stuff. Mark chapter 5, but you be in prayer for them. I know they'd appreciate that. A couple new babies coming along in July, and we're praying that all this other COVID uh, scare and everything that goes along with it is all finished by then. Uh, the Lord has turned all that around. And, and uh, you know, uh, we went through that a little bit. When Bethany was born, it was SARS, and nobody could come to the hospital. When you have a baby, you want parents and grandparents to come and family to come, and nobody could come. We just had to wait till we could get out to go and show her to the family. And so uh, let, let's pray for these families that are having these children, that all this will be done by then. Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. You know, back when we first had this outbreak back in March... We began to consider what we are doing about it and what we could do about it. I preached the very first Sunday and I talked a little bit about the pandemic. Of course, we had to address with our church how we would respond, how we were uh, not able to have services at that time. We were online only and we're right back to where we were then uh, at this current moment. And we're praying that it is just the 28 days, the four weeks that they had said to us, but we'll see what happens uh, in a couple of weeks. And I mentioned to the staff, I said, you know, I preached on it. I talked about it. I said, I, I, here's what I want to do. Moving forward, I said, I don't want you to be talking about the pandemic every time you preach. Every time you give a devotion, I don't want to talk about the pandemic. I said, tell people about Jesus. Let's be positive. Let's tell about, the, 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 about a God that can preserve us through dark times. Let's not glorify the tragic. Let's not lift up those things that are going on in the world that are so terrible. People want to know they can have hope. And so let's give people hope to the best of our ability. And so I'm going to go against that a little bit tonight, to be honest with you. I'm going to talk about the plague. The title of my message tonight is An Inconvenient Plague. An Inconvenient Plague. I'm doing this on purpose, but on the sa at the same note, I'm, I'm going to talk about a plague, but I'm also going to tell you that there is hope. That God is in control. That God has a plan. And, I, and that's what I really want to focus on tonight. And understand this, that... It is never too late for God. Mary and Martha thought Jesus was too late. And yet he said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus came out of the grave. It is never past season. It's never out of style. God knows what is going on. And he's working everything together for good to those that love him. Understand this, that during this plague, God has your best interest in mind more than anybody else. Because he is working all things together good for those that love him. That's you, if you're a child of God tonight. And so God has it under control you know, I got thinking about this this afternoon just as I was rolling this message over in my mind a little bit. You know, in the Bible, they were used to social distancing. 
The lepers were not allowed in town with anybody else. They were put outside in a colony. This is not new. You know the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. And so the lepers were outside of the city. They weren't allowed to come into contact with anybody. They knew what it meant not to touch anybody. We're so careful about handshaking or anything like that. They wouldn't touch anybody. When Jesus went and touched the leper, that was a very special thing. That was contact that they had that missed for so long, that human contact. They understood what it meant uh, to have a plague. The Bible talks about plagues all through the Old Testament. That was the Bible word for a pandemic, was a plague. All through the Old Testament, we see plague after plague after plague. Often, God's judgment upon Israel uh, for different things that took place, sin in the camp, and different times. You'll remember that Moses and Aaron ran into the midst of the plague, and they threw themselves between the living and the dead. And they stood there pleading with God and trying to ward off this plague that was killing the people of Israel. So the Bible is no stranger to plagues. But in the New Testament, we only see the word three times. In the book of Revelation, we read about a plague of hailstones that will come at the end of days and it'll plague the the nations of the world as God rains down hailstones of fire. And the other two times we've seen the word plague is right here in Mark chapter 5. So let's turn our attention there tonight, if you would, in Mark chapter 5 and verse 21. Here's here's what I, I like about this passage. We always try to tell you that the Bible has the answer for everything. And here we are in 2020 facing a pandemic, almost 2021, and yet the Bible talks about plagues. It tells us that Jesus understands what a plague is, what a pandemic is. And so let's look together in the Word of God, verse 21. And when Jesus was passed over again by ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her that she may be healed, and she shall live. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood twelve years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse, when she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that, what's that word? plague. Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, thou seest the multitude thronging thee and sayest thou who touched me? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman fearing and trembling, knowing that was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her daughter, Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Outside of Revelation, that's the only two times you'll find the word plague in the New Testament. While he yet spake, verse 35, 
There came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why trouble thou the master any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for your word tonight. And Lord, as we look at this idea or this, this Bible subject, an inconvenient plague, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to draw some conclusions in our life. Every last one of us have been inconvenienced in somehow by this pandemic. This plague has caused a lot of frustration. It's driven people to anger. It's made people upset that they, they can't get the things they need and people have lost their jobs and people are struggling financially and we understand all of that, but help us to draw from the scripture tonight what the Lord Jesus Christ said, be not afraid, only believe. God has a plan. So Lord, I need your help. I pray that the Spirit of God would fill me as we look at really two Bible stories intertwined together Let you help me to keep the facts straight in my mind, that I might present the Word of God with power and conviction, that the Holy Spirit of God would speak through me, and Lord, that we might also be hearers of the Word and doers also. So Father, help us, we pray. May the Spirit of God speak to each heart and life. We'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, there's not many in this room tonight to ask for a show of hands, but I'm sure each one of you would say, I've been inconvenienced in some way. Something has changed. My work has been interrupted. My life has been interrupted. I know as I look around the rooms, a lot of things have changed as a result. We, we just came back from a funeral that was limited because of COVID-19. You folks over here, Tony, Brother Baker, has his mother-in-law now living with him because of COVID-19, and they're extra careful not to take something back to Mrs. Snively. And, and we know the Haywards, Mrs. Hayward's bus routes were interrupted for a time, and then all new regulations when she went back to work. We've all been touched in some way. And it's inconvenient, and it's a time where we uh, may even get frustrated. I, I would say this, I am very thankful for what God has done through this time. I can't say that I'm happy about everything. I can't say that I'm pleased we're not in church. And I, I can't say that I'm pleased about how everything has fallen out. But I'll say this, I can sit at my dinner table every night and have a plate of food in front of me. My heat has never been turned off. I have a roof over my head. My car always has gas in it. And God has been good to us and taking care of our needs. And I hope and I pray that that is your testimony as well. But for some, it's not always been that way. Maybe there's some listening tonight that would say it's just not the way it's been. This has been an inconvenient plague. This has been a time of great sorrow, a time uh, of great inconvenience. I heard just a couple weeks ago, Brother Holland was here, of course, and his mother died in April during this, and that was at the height of everything when everybody still didn't understand so much about it, and, and it was just lockdown all the time. I never heard that until he had preached it that morning. We were listening in Texas, and, and so I went ahead and I, 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 I texted him right away and said, man, I am sorry, I did not know your mom had died. And he said, it was terrible. He says, we heard she was dying, and nobody was allowed in the hospital to see her. 
He said nobody could go over. And he says, I couldn't even go across the border to say goodbye. I couldn't go be with my dad. He says, I couldn't go to a, There was no funeral to speak of because this was still in April when there's so little was known and everybody was so scared. And he says, they wouldn't have let us across the border. And so he says, it was just a terrible time. And maybe you have a similar story. But I want you to notice some things in the scripture tonight. The Bible tells the story of the Lord Jesus Christ as he boards a ship and he crosses over the desert to another place. And the Bible says in verse 21 that much people gathered unto him and he was nigh unto the sea. So he came over by ship and he still just gets out of the boat. I mean, he hasn't gone very far. The Bible says he's still nigh to the sea and people begin to throng him. They gather around him, and Bible says in verse 22, And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet. And I, I want to give you the first point. I'll just give it to you tonight. It's called the itinerary. You'll see why it's called the itinerary. We might call it our plans. But itinerary is something that each of us had. Each of us had plans for the year 2020. Each of us had goals that we had set for our lives. And, and the Lord Jesus Christ gets off this ship and he meets this man, Jairus. And the Bible says Jairus comes to him with a grave request. He humbles himself before the Lord in verse 22. The Bible says he fell at his feet. That couldn't have been easy for a ruler of the synagogue. But he falls at the feet of Jesus. And in verse 23, it says, He besought him greatly. I want to say that he approached Christ with great humility and he approached him earnestly. And we find out why. Because the Bible says, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I don't know if any of you have ever experienced that. I know Brother Judge back there has. They had a little child born... It was 21 years ago now, Brother Judge? 23 weeks, 23 and a half weeks, somewhere around there. Just around a pound, just over a pound. I've seen pictures where he had his wedding band, took his wedding band off and put it around Tanner's leg. How many times were you called in because he coded? A couple. I remember going to a hospital for somebody like that at one time. Somebody called and said they had a baby, he's premature. Would you go up to the hospital? I got to the hospital and I got there just after the child died. What a horrible thing. I wasn't around back then. I was in Hamilton. We had heard about uh, Judy's uncle, as was our pastor at the time, and we had heard of how this little child was born and how little he was. And, but not even knowing them, I can guarantee you this, they begged for his life. They prayed, they wept. Thousands of miles were put on a car back and forth to London, pleading with God for the life of that child and going to see that child and the child's mother. And look how this father responds. He says, he besought him greatly saying, my little daughter, what parent would not beg for the life of their child? He came to him humbly, he came to him earnestly, and he came to him in faith. He says, I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. There's no doubt there, is there? 
Jairus was a Jew. He was a ruler of the synagogue, but he knew this. If I could go to Jesus Christ with my grave request, if I could go to him with seriousness and humility, here's what I know. He is the Christ. He is the great physician, and he can heal my child. He didn't say, maybe you could come over and see what you could do. He said, no, I know. If you lay your hands on her, she will be healed. I know it. I've seen it happen. And so we see that Jesus sets his itinerary. He makes a plan. You say, what do you mean? Look what it says next. Verse 24, and Jesus went with him. We see a grave request, but we see a gracious response. How many of you would agree that verse 24, when it says Jesus went with him, Jesus had a plan? Amen? Jesus had set his itinerary for the day. He had decided that he was going to go to Jairus' house. Where in the Bible does it say, Jairus, how far do you live from here? doesn't say that, does it? He doesn't know if he's about to walk 20 miles, 50 miles, 100 miles. He doesn't say to Jairus, well, how sick is the child? Do you think she could wait a couple days while I minister to these people? That never happens. Graciously, the Lord just responds by saying, let's go. Right now, let's go. I can see you're earnest about this. I see how concerned you are. The child must be deathly sick. And of course, we're looking at this from a human perspective, but Jesus is the Son of God, right? He knew exactly how sick that child was. And so he set his itinerary, his plans for the day. But notice what happens next. There's an interruption. There's an interruption. We notice that in verse 25, the Bible says, And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood 12 years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and spent all that she had, and was nothing better, but rather grew worse, when she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind, and touched his garment. For she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, look what he does. Turned him about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? Just, just notice this with me. The Bible says Jesus turned himself about. Do you know what that implies? He's no longer headed to Jairus' house. He has stopped his forward momentum. His plans, his itinerary have been interrupted by this inconvenient plague. I wonder if you feel like that sometimes. You know that Jesus was never swayed by the changing of a situation. He could easily adapt and refocus in just a moment. Nothing ever took him by surprise. But for everyone else in this story... The multitudes of people, they knew that Jesus had a plan. And his plan was to go to Jairus' house and heal this little girl. But then he was interrupted. Let me, let me see if I can demonstrate tonight. Callie, would you come up here for a minute? Please come on up here. And Tony, you come on up here. If you'll come on up here, please. And uh, Callie is going to be the woman with the issue of blood. And Tony, you're going to be Jesus. All right? 
So if you just, you just go over there, Callie and Tony, you just stay over here. That'll be fine. I was going to ask my wife to come up, but i got to go home with her. You can be mad at me all you want. All right? And so notice what's going on here. I want you to notice, first of all, this inconvenient plague. This inconvenient plague. This thing that interrupted Jesus. First of all, notice what it says there in verse 25. I want you to notice it was chronic. It wasn't critical. It was chronic. Notice it says in verse 25, And a certain woman which had an issue of blood, how long? Twelve years. Now she was getting worse, it says in the next verse. But this was a chronic problem. This was a plague that had come on her life 12 years earlier and had been bothering her for all this time. And the truth is, she probably could have waited another day. Are we just being honest? I, I mean, I'm not trying to put her down. I think what she did was a great act of faith. If I can just but touch the hem of his clothes. But she could have waited another day. She was chronic, but the child was critical. The child was going to die. He feared for her life. And so the Lord Jesus Christ set his sails and he followed this man, Jairus, and Jesus begins to walk. And the Bible says that she runs up to him and she grabs the hem, you don't have to, grabs the hem of his garment and she's healed. And Jesus turns around and he sees her and he says, who touched my garment? Now here's what I want to demonstrate to you. What do you suppose Jairus is doing right now? Jesus is over talking to this woman, and he's saying, daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go and be healed of thy plague. And he's just ministering to her, and he's loving on her. And they, they might have even hugged. You don't have to. Callie says, amen. And Jairus is over going, hey, Jesus, my daughter's dying. What about me? You had a plan. Yes, I understand her condition. It's, it's chronic and it's crushing. It's frustrating. The Bible says in verse 26, she'd been to many doctors. And all those doctors did were frustrate her. She had suffered many things of many physicians. It was crushing. But she also knew it was curable. That's why she came to Jesus. Because she knew if I just touched the hem of his garment. That'd be make, that would make it real hard to be patient, wouldn't it, Callie? Knowing that I've been sick for all these years and doctors have messed me up even worse. And if I could just get to Jesus, if I can just, I, I don't want to be a bother. I don't, wanna, I don't want him to come to my home. I don't want him to have to do anything special. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I know I'll be healed. That would make it real hard for her to wait her turn. She'd want to push to the front of the line. But that's exactly what she did. This inconvenient plague caused the interruption. Hey, isn't that kind of like what we've been going through this year? Not to this extreme, but we've had plans and we've had goals and we've had things going on in our lives and all of a sudden, how many of you saw the anniversary services video? How many of you thought that video stopped because the computer messed up. All the digital sounds and the screeching and the squealing and brakes coming to a slamming halt. And then it said COVID-19. We've all kind of felt that way a little bit. And we're all over here going, Jesus, what about me? My paycheck's suffering. 
Jesus, what about me? My family needs food. And Jesus, what about me? My kid's education has been halted. Jesus, what about me? So much time has been given to this plague. What about me? So we see this inconvenient plague caused an interrupted plan. And we see this temporary diversion. Even Jesus, who was heading one direction, the Bible says he turned around and he stopped. And Jairus must have been saying, what about me? What about my little girl? When will she be helped? Not only was there a temporary diversion, look at this. There was a tragic death. It was when Jesus was speaking to her that somebody come running up to Jairus and said, don't bother him. She died. She's gone. Boy, it's one thing to have plans, but it's another to have them completely shattered. And that's exactly what happened in the lives of Jairus and his little girl. You guys may be seated. Thank you. But I want you to notice the most important thing, part of this story. I want you to notice, I, I call it the insertion when Jesus inserts himself into a situation. Jairus might have been feeling pretty good at one point in this story. When he spoke to Jesus and Jesus said, let's go, and they began to walk, Jairus might have thought, finally. My little girl who's been sick and been getting progressively worse and she's been dying and finally things are going in the right direction. But when Jesus stopped, his heart broke. And the Bible says that some folks came up to him. In verse 35, while he had spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid. Only believe. That little exchange that we see right there tells me something about Jairus. He never gave up on Jesus. If Jairus had thrown his hands in the air and said, fine, you go help that lady, and he'd walk some distance away, Jesus would have never heard that exchange. But he was still standing with Jesus close enough that Jesus could hear uh, his friends come and from his household and, and say to him, your daughter is dead. And Jesus could turn to him and say, be not afraid, only believe. And he suffered no man to follow him, save Peter and James and John, the brother of James. Those men who came, they could not go. Those ones that sounded the trumpet about the child's death, they were not allowed to go back to the ruler of the synagogue's house. He suffered no man to follow him, only Peter, James, and John could go. And you say, why is that? Number one, I believe it was a test of the multitude's faith. It was a test of the multitude's faith. They must believe without seeing. They wouldn't get to see the miracle. And the Bible says they begin to travel to the home. And he says in verse 38, He cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and seeth the tumult, and them that wept and wailed greatly. And when he was come in, he saith unto them, Why make ye this ado and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. 
But when he had put them out, he taketh the father and the mother of the damsel and them that were with him and entereth in where the damsel was lying. So who is left? Jairus, his wife, Peter, James, and John. It was a test of the multitude's faith. They must believe that this would take place without seeing it, but also they missed the blessing because of their scorn. There was another group when they got to the house and they laughed him to scorn, so Jesus put him out and nobody got to see the miracle of God except for the three disciples and mom and dad. But here's something I want you to take home with you tonight. Not only was it a test of the multitude's faith, It was a testimony of the master's faithfulness. Look at verse 41. And he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, Telethi kumai, which is being interpreted, Damsel, I say unto thee, arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked, for she was of the age of 12 years. And they were astonished with a great astonishment. And he charged them straightly that no man should know it. He commanded something, that something should be given her to eat. What a faithful Savior. Jairus had a plan, didn't he? Jesus is getting off the boat, and I'm going to meet him there, and I'm going to approach him. And if I can get anywhere near him, I'm going to tell him my story. I'm going to tell him about my daughter that lies sick and near to the point of death. And if he would agree to come with me, I believe that if he just touches her, she'll be healed. But that plan was interrupted by a woman with a plague. So much to the point that the child died. But I want to tell you this. When our plans get interrupted, Jesus is still in control. And Jesus continued on to the house. And he took the little girl by the hand and he said, Damsel, I say unto thee, arise. And she arose. Hey, I don't know what plans you had for 2020. I, I heard last night somebody said that, that, you know, everybody went into this year, all these churches, and their, their plans for the year or their, their theme in their church for the year was to have a 2020 vision. Everybody thought they were so clever, and thousands of people used that theme. It's really not that clever when everybody does it. And so they said, we're going to have a 2020 vision. But I heard a clever one for this. They said, for 2021, we're going to say this, hindsight is 2020. Amen? We're glad it's behind us. Maybe you're feeling that way. Man, I'm glad this year's almost over. I'm going to tell you this, just because we flipped the calendar January 1st, it doesn't make much difference. God was in control in May. He was in control in March. He was in control in October. He's in control right now. And he knows your needs. And he can still minister no matter what. He's never late. He's always on time. And his plan is always perfect. Jairus may not have felt so much. I'm going to be honest. Let's do this. Each one of you put yourself in Jairus' shoes. Can you imagine... 21 years ago, if Brother Judge somehow was able to get the Lord Jesus Christ into his truck on one of those trips to London, they get pulled over by the police somewhere along the way, and the police say, listen, Jesus, I need you to come over here. I need you to take care of this other thing. 
And in the meantime, that baby dies. Brother Judge had been in that car just going, but Jesus, we were almost there. Hey, none of that matters to the Lord. He is able. He can raise him up from the dead. He can do whatever he needs to do. He's working all things together for good. And so if you can put yourself in the the shoes of Jairus right now and say, listen, I had lots of plans coming into this year. Let me say this, God just has different plans. (laughs) But when God has different plans, he has better plans. That girl wasn't just risen from the dead. She all of a sudden had an appetite. Did you notice that? Wasn't even a teenager yet. Everybody's so excited that she's alive. Jesus says, hey, she's hungry. Give her something to eat. She may not have eaten for weeks. You know how you get feeling when you get sick. He didn't just raise her from the dead. He restored her to 100% where all of a sudden he says, dad, I'm hungry. I need something. God doesn't just have a different plan. He has a better plan. We just have to learn to trust him. Let me give some credit where credit is due. Do you know that Mark, that penned this story by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, was there? And he never once recorded that Jairus got angry or said, hurry up, Jesus. He never said Jairus was over in the corner tapping his watch. Come on, my daughter's dying. The only thing we know about Jairus is if you will come and see my daughter, she will live. He had faith. Would to God that through this plague we would have the same faith. Jesus, if we can just trust you, no matter what detour comes throughout this next year, if this thing lasts for another 10 years, whatever. Hey, how many many of you understand that we, we, could, we could be completely cured of COVID-19, March, April, May, whatever. And we could have something brand new come down the pipe next September. You say, no way. Do you know what the Bible says about you? You are feeble and frail as dust. Our life is but a vapor. That's what it says about us. We are, we are broken down creatures because of sin. We are prone to illness because of sin. This may not be the last time we face something like this. There's a a great song. I think Brother Dorkson may have sang it. It's kind of got a weird phrasing to it. But it says, I'm trusting to the unseen hand. I don't know why it's worded like that, but that's how it goes. I'm trusting to the unseen hand. I'd say I'm holding to, but I like that. I'm trusting in Jesus. He can see you through it all. Let's just learn to lean upon him. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. We pray that you'd help us with it. Speak to hearts tonight. I'm sure there are people here that are frustrated. They didn't want another lockdown. They didn't want to be out of work. They can't afford to miss a paycheck. We understand we just came through a quarantine because we had to go to a funeral and 
And I put people, my wife out of work for a couple weeks. And so we understand. But we also know that we have a God that says he'll supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. And we're thankful how you've showed yourself so mighty in our lives. And Father, there's others tonight, Lord, that are wondering where their next paycheck is coming from, where their next meal is coming from. Lord, would they fall on their face before God tonight? Would they beg and plead with him like Jairus did? A plague certainly interrupted his life to the point just long enough to allow his daughter to die. And yet he held on to Jesus, and Jesus had a better plan for his life. So, Father, just encourage us with these few thoughts tonight, we pray. And Lord, we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Right where you are tonight, would you keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed for a moment? Daniel's going to play just a hymn, and I'm going to encourage you to, to pray right where you are. God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of a sound mind. Maybe you've been worrying and fretting about all what's going on. You can trust in Jesus. You can trust in Jesus. It doesn't matter what interrupts us along the way, you can trust in Jesus to get you through. Listen, if anything we've learned, that life is just full of detours. Twists and turns in the road, and sometimes even the bridge is out. But the Bible says the word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. God is directing us where he wants us to go. The Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Just need to trust him. Follow him. Maybe there's one tonight, say, Pastor, I'm not sure I'm saved. If I've never put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ in any way, shape, or form. I, I, I'm not just talking about daily living now. I'm talking about for the salvation of my soul. That's the very first step. Becoming a child of God by understanding that you are a sinner and Christ died for your sins and paid that price. And you just repent of everything else you're believing in and trust only in Jesus Christ. We'll help you tonight. There's going to be a number on the screen in a moment. You can call it. You can text it. You can get on the church website and email us here at the church. And we will take whatever time you need to answer any questions that you have and show you what the Bible says about having eternal life through Jesus Christ. I can't see your hands tonight, but I'm going to go ahead and pray for each one of you anyway. That for the next few weeks, and if it lasts even longer than that, we would just learn to trust in the Lord through the inconveniences of life. Our Father, we love you. We do thank you, Lord, that you would be so kind to us. We praise your holy name for teaching us tonight that Jesus Christ is, is God when things are good, but he's also God when things are inconvenient. When there's a plague, when there's death, when things aren't going our way, we can know that he's still working all things together for good. So help us to trust in him tonight. We'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.